Hi, this is Brett. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Today's message is the last one of 2020, and I decided to try something a little different. This is actually a message I wrote for a class I took on creative biblical preaching, and so while the audio is fine, you might enjoy watching this message. In the description, I've included a link to a YouTube video. If you have time, give it a click, check it out. I think you'll appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to these messages week after week. I really appreciate you. God bless, and have a great new year. I want to share with you from a story that's become one of my favorite in the Gospels. It's from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It's the story of Jesus calming the storm. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, when I read a story like that from the Bible, a story like that from the life of Jesus, but also from the life of the disciples, sometimes I stop and I think, what must it have been like to be there with Jesus, to be one of the disciples, one of the 13 people in that boat in the middle of the storm? Sometimes I think it's helpful for you and I to put ourselves right there, not just with Jesus, but in the middle of the storm. The first thing you need to understand is I was not a fisherman. The closest I ever got to the sea was my mother's Moroccan fish on the Sabbath. Thank you very much. Everyone talks about the fisherman. The fisherman this, the fisherman that. The fisherman left their boats. They left their nets and followed him. I didn't have a boat. I had a booth. I was a tax collector. I was not a fisherman. I did not belong on that boat. The sea makes me... Queasy, it still does. In fact, it's probably worse now. You may have heard of me. My name is Matthew, also known as Levi, also known as, well, suffice it to say, I had a lot of names I was known by back when I was a hated, vile, disgusting tax collector. But that was before I met Jesus. That changed everything. Not all at once mind you. I mean, we all followed him. We left our boats, we left our booths, we left everything, and we followed him. I don't think we knew what we were doing at first. I know we didn't understand who we were following, not until that day, not until that storm. It just about killed us. And while we survived, afterwards everything was different. You've heard Mark's account of the story. Good 
good kid, Mark, good writer, did a good job. I, uh, someday I may write my own version about what happened, but if you've read Mark, you know it's not just about the storm. It was about the whole day. It had been a long day. Jesus had been teaching parables, telling us about the kingdom and how it was like seeds that were being scattered and how it was like lights that were being shined. And it was a lot to take in. And we, well, he, he was tired. But it wasn't just the teaching. Scribes had come down from Jerusalem and they said that Jesus was possessed by demons and was casting out demons by demons of his own. And then his family came to take charge of him. They said that he was crazy. And after that, I think we were all wondering what we had gotten ourselves into and exactly who, who was this that we were following? I think we were all relieved when Jesus wanted a change of scenery. He wanted to get out of there and he said to us, let's go across to the other side. I think I've mentioned this already. I'm not a fisherman. The other side, the, oh, the other side of the, the other side of the lake. Well, that's, that's quite a walk, Jesus, but I'm up for it. Let me get my hiking sandals and we can, oh, oh, the boat. Well, Yes, there is a boat, and that is one option, but I think the walk would do us some good. We could, we could use the time to talk about those parables that you've been teaching us. Now, please, please understand, it's not just me. My people are not fond of the sea. If you ask me, I think it goes all the way back to creation. You know the story of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness hovered over the face of the deep. That darkness, that deep, the sea, that was a place of chaos. That was not a place of safety. The sea, the sea is the habitation of demons and storms. What are storms? You, you think storms are God bowling? You think that's what thunder is? You, you, you think that that's clouds bumping together? You think that it's atmospheric disturbances? No, 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 my friend. Those are demons howling and grumbling at us and wanting to drag us down into the deep. That's where Beelzebul lives. And what did that scribe say about Jesus, that he was possessed by Beelzebul? I didn't want to think about that. But that's exactly where my mind went when the storm hit. Jesus had just been teaching us about the kingdom and how it was like a plant, like a grain of mustard seed, and how it would grow to be the largest of the garden plants, and even birds would find shade for their nests and its branches. It all sounded peaceful and hopeful, but the only thing growing was the storm, and any nest and any tree was going to be blown away. I don't know if you've been in a storm like that, or if you face that moment when the chaos around you seems very unkingdom-like. Maybe it's not the storm on the outside. Maybe it's a storm on the inside that's raging. Maybe you're feeling it deep within you, and in that moment you start to question everything, and you look to Jesus, and he seems so impotent in the face of the storm. Why am I on this boat? Why am I following this guy who might be crazy or, or worse? And who, 
Who is this? It probably sounds silly now, but I was scared. I mean, I was already scared before we got on the boat, but there in the middle of the storm, I have to tell you, when the fishermen got scared, that's when I lost it. The weather started getting rough. Our tiny ship was tossed. And if not for the courage of the fearless... What am I talking about? There was no courage. There was no fearless crew in these fearless fishermen. I, I looked at Peter. Peter. Simon. That aggravating fisherman. He used to pay his taxes to me when he got around to it. And when he did, his coins would smell like fish. I still believe he was storing them inside a pile of old fish until it was time to pay his taxes. When I looked at, at Simon, Simon, old, always so bold, and I looked at him, and I looked at his brother, and I looked at the other two, all courage was, was gone. But they, they knew how to handle the sea. They knew how to handle the boat. I'm sure it's like that moment when it's like that moment when in the middle of a checkup, you look at your doctor, you look in his eyes and you read his eyes and before he says anything, you know something's wrong. He's been a little too quiet for a little too long. When the one you're supposed to trust in looks lost, where do you go? <laughs> where? <laughs> where do you go? I can't remember who noticed it first. Maybe it was Thomas. The storm was so overwhelming that we lost we lost track of what well, we lost track of Jesus. Where was he? He wasn't over there rowing with those who were rowing. He wasn't over there bailing with those who were bailing. Where is Jesus? Well, oh, there he is. He was sleeping on a pillow, on the cushion. He was sleeping through the storm. Here we were terrified and Jesus, Jesus doesn't have a clue. We shook him. We woke him. Teacher. We called him teacher. Teacher. Guy with all the great parables about the seeds and the sowing and the birds and the kingdom. Don't you care? Don't you even care about us? Do you not care that we are perishing? I know it seems like a foolish question now here on the other side of the storm, but there in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the storm, I really wondered, does Jesus care? Because if he's crazy, like his family has said, then no, he doesn't care. And if he's possessed, like the scribes said, then, well, this was all part of his plan anyway, wasn't it? So what was it? What was the answer? And most importantly, who, who is this? I thought I was scared before with the storm and the wind and the waves and the water, but that was nothing compared to what happened next because next, right then, the next thing that happened, Jesus woke up. He woke up and he ignored us. His followers, we who were in a panic, we who were waking him up, we were working so hard to keep this boat afloat all by ourselves. We woke him up, doesn't he care? He said nothing to us. He said nothing to us. He looked around, he saw the storm, and he said nothing. And then he spoke. He spoke, he spoke to the storm. I mean, how would you feel? 
Here you are in a panic, trying to keep your life afloat, and you're saying, Jesus, do something. Jesus, say something. I need to hear from you. I am so lost right now, and I am so alone. I cannot make it through this storm. I don't have the strength. I don't have the courage. And you look at Jesus, and nothing. Not a sound. No sense of awareness of you at all. But then, but then you realize that he's done something that you can't do. He spoke to your storm. That thing, that hideous, horrible thing, that thing that's threatening to kill you, to swamp you, to ruin your faith, to ruin your life, to ruin your family, your home. He spoke to it. And you heard him, you heard him speak to your storm. More than that, you heard him command your storm. And he said, peace be still. I know that's how your translators put it. Trust me, he said, shut up and be done. And it did. And that's when he acknowledged us. There, suddenly the storm is gone. The wind has stopped the sea, that horrible, terrible place. It was clear as crystal. It was beautiful. And he turned to us. And with that voice that had just commanded the storm to stop, he looked at us and he said, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? That's the word that bothered me. Still no faith. Because I don't think he was talking just about the storm. I think he was talking about the seeds and the birds and the way the kingdom grows from person to person, from life to life. I think he was talking about where he would take us all together. And we were left there wondering, who is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. I've been told that I have a gift, and I, I suppose it's true. I admit it. I, I have a gift for remembering Scripture. and It's come in very handy as of late, as I've told the story of Jesus. I've been able to take people to the Scriptures and show them how Jesus fulfills the promises from the prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Hosea and Micah. Someday, someday I'll write it all down, and I'll show you how it all works together. But in that In that moment, wondering who had just calmed the storm, I could not help but think of one of the Psalms. O Lord God of hosts, who is as mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you? You rule the raging of the sea, and when its waves rise, you still them. And that's when my blood ran cold, because that psalm is not about the Messiah. That psalm is about Yahweh. That psalm is about God. That psalm is about God. This one in the boat with us, he's not crazy. He's not possessed. He is God himself, God with us, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, in the boat, in the storm, in your storm. 
He won't leave us. He won't abandon us to the deep. He went through the storm with us. And that's when I remembered, that's when it hit me. He had said, before we got in the boat, he had said, let's go across to the other side. It was as if he promised to get us there. No storm, no wind, no sickness, no depth of despair would prevent that. The one in the boat with us, he is the one who calmed creation's chaos with a word. And now he's just spoken into our storm, into your storm. <laughs> Imagine that. That was its own kind of terrifying. I've had a lot of time to think about that day, a lot of time to reflect. And if that storm taught me anything about, about us, about us friends, about us believers, about we, about we who are the seeds, about we who are the branches, <laughs> about we who are the birds, about we who are the church, well, if it's taught me anything, it's that, well, we're all in the same boat. We've all got our own storms. And in those moments when you feel like all might be lost, when you feel like you're finally sunk, maybe, maybe you don't hear what Jesus is saying to you. Maybe you hear what he's saying to your storm. Peace. Be still. And you remember there isn't a storm, there isn't a chaos in your life where he cannot speak and bring peace. And in those moments, I would remind you, listen to Jesus as he speaks to your storm. In those moments when the storm seems so loud and God seems so silent, never forget that Jesus is in the boat with you. He's going through the storm with you. And if he's promised to get you to the other side, then hold on. Keep your eyes on him and have faith that he will get you there. You know, every week we come to the table. And in some way that I can't begin to explain Jesus promises to meet us here. He says, this is my body. He says, this is my blood. And it's not just about the table. It's about whatever you've been through the week before, the year before. There's been a lot of storms for you and me in 2020. Storms of sickness, storms of despair, times when we've been so anxious, times when we've been so hurt. And yet through every storm, Jesus has promised his presence. We come to the table again to remind ourselves that he is with us, to remind ourselves that no matter what we're going through, he will see us through. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your promise. We thank you for the storms that you stilled through the course of this past year. And for the storms that are still raging, we thank you that you've not left us alone, but that you've been with us through every wave, through every problem, through every pain, through every tear, and through every hope. And so we continue to hold to you. 
We thank you now for the promise that you give us through your Son, for the bread that reminds us of his body, for the cup that reminds us of his blood, and for the promise that we are never alone. Lord, I pray, I pray for my friends, not only that they will know that promise for themselves, but there's someone in their life that they need to, they need to know that promise for them. They need to come near them. They need to be part of, of that hope for them. Give them the strength to share their hope, to share their peace, to share Jesus with them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, have a happy new year. God bless. Go in peace.